So I will. I will begin. Um, I'm kind of waiting for my aunt to stroll in, Aunt Ginger, because she uh, is the reason that I know have a personal relationship with Christ, and she shared that with me with the good news glove for the Campus Crusade, with the different colors, fingers, and you know, there's yellow and red and white and black for your sin, but green is for grow. And so she is really instrumental in in letting me understand it was a relationship and being a theater major and speech and education and all these different things where I had so much um, creativity and, yeah, there she is. Ginger, just talking about you as so you'd come in. Sorry. That's okay. So I was speaking at one conference one time and I was just saying how much she impacted my life and that freedom and relationship of knowing God's grace and not knowing religion and you have to and you should this and you should that to you know be a good girl. And so at the takeaway, the coordinator of the conference came up afterwards and said, I think you know what, what I heard Debbie just speak um, in this last segment was, let's, go all, let's all go out and be an Auntie Ginger. Let, let's, let's all go out and be like, that was her takeaway. I'm like, that wasn't the message, but yeah, let's, let's all go out and be an Auntie Ginger. So, I am sharing my story, and I haven't really shared this in a, in a format of speaking it out loud, but um, I want to begin with The Wizard of Oz as a connection point, because have we all not watched The Wizard of Oz? Yeah, and there's something to, to love about The Wizard of Oz, and for me, I got to be Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz when I was a senior in high school, so that was super special, and I still have the ruby red slippers, and I'm kind of wearing ruby red slippers, just saying. And, um, but the, the character that I'm thinking about right now is the scarecrow and how he longs for a brain. And of course, we see later on he has the heart and that compassion for the others, but he longs for a brain. So, you know, his song is, I could while away the hours conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Oh, I could tell you why the ocean's near the shore. I could sit and think of thoughts I never thought before. And then I'd sit and think some more. I would not be just a nothing. My head all full of stuff and my heart all full of pain. And perhaps I deserve you and be even worthy of you if I only had a brain. And so the brain part is not always active. We long for that brain part to be active when we're in some sort of pain. And I had scoliosis back checks when I was growing up to see if the curve of my spine had moved it all to get that Milwaukee brace at the time. So I graduated in 85, and so that's what they did then, is that thing you rest on a metal. It seems like some people are old enough to get what I'm talking about and some people don't. But um, it, it was just you know very ugly and I didn't think. But also in that eighth grade, especially seventh grade time, I was just really struggling with who I was, my identity. And as I said, Ginger had shared who Christ was, but I wasn't mature enough to really get, you know, that he, that my, my source of who I was was my identity in him. So I'm searching, and I'm not interested in boy bands. Um, you know, it would be Bay City Rollers, Leif Garrett, Sean Cassidy, the do Ron Ron would be there at the time. But that's not hitting it. Billy Joel was my person. Uh, Judy Garland knew all her songs. And um, I just, I had this scoliosis and it, and I didn't have any other curves, I would say, except the curve of my spine. <laughs> you know, so I was just kind of 
But then I found the theater, and that was really a place of freedom for me and exploration. But going to my story in this pain that we all experience at some point, and whether we not we use our brain or not, I was at home. It was Tuesday, uh, February 28, 2017. And prior to that weekend, my son David, we have four boys, and my youngest David and I, we always go to a hotel and watch the Academy Awards. And we watched all the categories, and we voted, and we play the game of who wins, you know, for best costuming. And there was, and I remember I can't sleep because the rods were pinching my back, and it was so sore, and the pain was just. It's so crazy, and I can't really take medication for it, like the oxys and the the codeines and the what are they? The there's a V1 Vicodin, you know, all those because I get nauseous and throw up. So it's just I haven't really found anything, and maybe chiropractic help. But at this point, I was just particularly suffering. I remember that weekend because I took a picture of David, the baby. Well, he's 17 right now, so whatever, minus two, you're 15. Um, he was sleeping. I remember thinking, just, oh, to sleep. And, and so I came home, and I thought, well, I'll go to the doctor and get a shot of cortisone, because I'd heard about people getting shots in their knee for release of pain. I thought it sounded magical. But I didn't do that, and I didn't, wasn't able to get in the next day. So then I thought, well, I will go get a shot of a large amount of vodka. And so I drove, yeah, because those shots can work, girlfriend, right? So you um, you get in your vehicle that you've borrowed from your son's parents' girlfriend, and you, well, you pour, you get the vodka and you bring it back, and then you just take a, a glass and you don't measure, you just pour the vodka and you pour orange juice in, and then you drink it, and then you kind of feel like, a little numb, but the pain is always there. It's like I have four rods. So I had scoliosis back surgery in 2003 because my curve had progressed from 20 degrees to 40 degrees. So that was a big deal. And they said, well, we can continue to watch and monitor. And I'm thinking, let's just get her done. You know, like, I don't want to sit and wait and watch. And, you know, I was 36 and think, you know, 46, 50, like, whatever, let's just do this. So I'm glad I had it done, but the recovery was hell because none of the medication would work. But you know, I'm feeling really good today. I have the cute red shoes on. It's all good. But in that, sometimes the rods will pinch, especially right here, and there's still a little bit of a hump. And so on this particular Tuesday, the 28th, it was just so crazy and so hurting. And so I took this vodka, and I put the orange juice in it, and I drank. It was starting to numb. And then and I bring in the Academy Awards night with David because they had these commercials for the mini Big Mac. And Excuse you, are you going off topic? I'm still on topic. <laughs> and so, uh, so they had the, these, this, this commercial for this mini Big Mac, and I thought, okay, it's not the, you know, it's, it sounds like a magical commercial, and we have a McDonald's that is literally two miles because we live in the icebox of the nation. It's population 7,000. So I get in my pajamas, of course. Like, I can, you know, I can pull it together in this little costume with a cute orange cardigan, but I, I mostly wear pajamas. I, I have a radio short feature that I record at the station in my pajamas. Um, and so, you know, and the town knows me, so a lot of times I'm in my pajamas with wind pants and a puffer coat on. Because by this point, you know, especially with social media, everyone knows that you can pretty much pull it together and clean up if you have to. So, you know, so I'm in my pajamas, what I'm saying, and I take the truck that we're borrowing, like this Ford blue truck, and I go to the drive-thru and back, and I get a Big Mac, not the mini, just forget that. Get the big thing, go big or go home, right? <laughs> so I go big, and I go home, and I'm letting it run because um, 
the vehicle run because there's something about taking the magical french fries from McDonald's from your vehicle inside. Jamie, yes, you're green or you just yeah, think it's crazy. Good. Well, you can't you can't take you can't take them out of the vehicle cuz then the salt wouldn't adhere right to the grease that's just perfectly matched and so you have to eat that french fries in the vehicle with it running. And so, true. She's a girlfriend gets me on all of those chairs. So, so I hear this knock on my um, window, and it, it's a cop, a, co a police guy. And he says, he, I roll it down, and, you know, I'm seen his Big Mac, and, and I'm sure there was a Coke involved. And, um, and he says, have you been eating and driving? You know, because when you're... Drinking? No, eating and driving, because when you're... When you're driving, you can be eating the fries and maybe looking away and, you know, and he could see I was eating and I was a normal happy Debbie person. So I said, yeah, you know, and I'm thinking, is a special sauce going down? You know, what, what's the indication? And then he asked the second question, have you been drinking and driving? And I said, well, I had a drink, you know, but as my sister-in-law would say, it's not the VFW size. You know, VFW, Post, whatever, maybe you guys don't know that either, small town VFW. It's just, a, it's not a little cocktail size, okay? So I said, yeah, so they had me go out of the vehicle, and it's, it's, it's February 28th, okay? So what I'm seeing is we still have a little sprinkling of snow still as I left International Falls. Like, it's, it's cold. It was nice, but we have lots of snow. It's cold. And so they talk, and the cop guy goes in the, in the car, and he says something. And the next thing you know, this is like what's happening, is they say, cross your arms. And I'm not, like, drunk or anything. I'm just, like, a little numbuzz, but not, you know, not belligerent. So I'm like, okay. And I cross my arms, and they put handcuffs on me. And then they put, I know, so, and then they put my head, like, watch your head, like, in the shows. And then I'm in the car, in my pajamas, in the, going to the cop shop, which is like a mile from my house. So, and while I'm sharing all this, so the, the story of Orange is the New Blessing is, but because through this, I really want you to, to understand the point of that in it all, in this whole mess, there's such blessings that God gave me. And that no matter what we do or how good we are, good we aren't, God loves us right where we're at. God is always good, even when we're not. And... And that is something I know, but when you go through some sort of trial like this or some sort of suffering or some sort of mistake that you made, you think, just screw it, I'm done. You know, I'm just messed up. And, and God's saying, no, because I'm going to show you my great mercy. And, and as we've heard different places in Mockingbird, I'm going to show you that through this kind of suffering and through this kind of trial, my grace is sufficient and my power works you know, best in your weakness and your weakest places. And, and there's much to show you, Debbie. And you always think at the time, like, yeah, I got enough of those lessons with Dan's cancer and my panic attacks in 2009. Thank you. I got, I got those chapters down. But, you know, so, so this, but I just, I can see how God's goodness um, has been such a blessing to me. So I get to the, the cop shop, and that's what they call it. Um, does anyone else call it the cop shop, or is that just, oh, it is a thing. Okay. And so, so you've been there too. No, just kidding. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, we get um, we get there, and there's a red phone, and it looks like you know, like a, a Batman phone. It's a red phone, and my husband, to make this all more poetic, he's an attorney. He has Griffith Law Office downtown, 
And, you know, because we live in Mayberry. So if, you know, the Andy Griffith show, that's how it, because people say Griffin. And I'm like, no, it's Griffith, like Andy and Opie. So we're, I call Dan. He's like literally on my way. And first he says, Debbie, what do you, how did they let you use this phone? Because he knows I play these games and shenanigans. And maybe I talked them into letting to play a joke. He's like, Debbie, how did you get to use this phone? I said, I'm not using it for real, Dan. I'm, I'm getting charged with the DUI. I have to take the test. And he's like, are you serious? And he said, don't take the test. I'm right at the office. And it's like about 5.30 PM. He said, I'm going to come, and I'll be with you. And just don't take the test. Because he knew from being a lawyer guy that one side of the conversation is recorded. And he just knew that from some other cases he had done. And so you know, he just was trying to help me in the situation. So I hang it up, and I say, Dan's going to be over. And it's going to be OK. And I'll just take the test then. And they're like, you may call a lawyer or another person, but you, you, you have to take the test. You may have, you know, you can call a new lawyer or, and I'm like, well, of course I'll call Dan again. So I did this another time. Dan said, just wait. I said, third time I called Dan and I said, just, they're being so nice. Let me just take the test. So I took the test. I was just over the point and then it just all happened. And of course, you know, everyone like Sherry, the girl cop. And I'm like, Oh, Sherry, how's Josh? Oh, that's so cool. He's going into, you know, pilot, you know, school. Oh, that's so great. Oh, your hair looks good. You get it highlighted, you know, just like all this normal talk, small town in my pajamas. And then Sherry, you know, turns to this cupboard with its metal cupboard with the handles. And she before she opens, she goes, So Debbie, what what size? And I'm like, I'm sorry, excuse you, <laughs> like, excuse you, um, size, like, I have no idea, like, what she means size, like, what size, like, and she opens the cupboard and this, like, mega orange, you know, like, just orange, and I realize, oh, my gosh, I'm going to put this orange on, all orange, and I'm like, medium, considering the Big Mac, you know, like, I guess, so, she then she you know I put the pants on and it's a suit and orange socks and it's just all orange and it's and then it's just so it like happens so fast and then it I get the blanket I get the toothbrush and the because just recently Dan said you were in the guy got you out pretty fast and I said you did but I still got my own cell I still had time to use the the tooth issue toothbrush where a bristle fell out because you know the onions from the Big Mac right I mean I got and I mean I just. Everything, and then I, they said, "Do you want any, you know, paper or anything about?" You know, I said, "I'll take a Bible, I'll take a Bible, I'll take." Um, and they gave me a pencil and a paper, and this was so significant. I don't know who had heard this or why I chose to write this, but it's so true of this whole story. Is I wrote on the paper, "Nothing is wasted, nothing is wasted." I wrote those three words, "Nothing is wasted," and I put it. I left it in the in the jail cell. I just, you know, and then I was fingerprinted and the picture and the whole thing. And and the boys did ask, you know, the four boys, so two were living at home at the time, and they did all ask if I, you know, had touched the the, the you know plastic glass and you know, like in the movies and you know, with the phone, because Dan's on the other side. And I said I did. I mostly just put my head and I cried. That's when the first time I cried, but not sob cry, just cry, I'm so sorry, cry. You know, because what can you say? Like, you are so sorry. It's so stupid. And you are guilty. There's no excuse for this. Um, just t the, the twist of the story is 
I was not pulled over by the cops, by the way. There's a guy named Ty. We'll just give him Anderson because we're in Minnesota and everyone's in Anderson or Johnson, you know, Scandinavian Lutheran County. And so say Ty, last name may be Anderson, likes to sit at McDonald's and read. And there's an outpost um, liquor store and it's in a good location. So he likes to follow people that maybe have been drinking. And then he likes to get his name on the report that he called it in. And so he, Ty... Anderson had followed me home and blocked my driveway and call which I didn't know till later but until the report and he had blocked my driveway till the cops came that's why they didn't know they couldn't say we noticed you were swerving or anything because only Ty had given him an intel and so had I we all can do the scenario had I what turned off the ignition walked into my house I've been fine but then I went ahead, the blessing, the orange is the new blessing. I wouldn't have had it. And I, I would say only two days did I do, if only, if only, if only I would have turned off the ignition. If only I would have walked into and, and risked the magic of the fries leaving themselves, you know. If only. I thought for two days, but then I realized how I had the sense of how he was going to redeem and use this as a blessing, um, just in such a powerful way. I, I knew it before I even saw it, you know, and I guess I had the faith to know it in my heart that, that you know, Romans 8, 28, most of us know, for we know, and it says, not that we think or we even feel it, but it says, for we know all things work together for the good to those who love God. It doesn't say, for we think or we feel it, because we went on our feelings. And the other part I like about that verse so much is it says, um, all things, not some things or most things work for the good, but all things. And this was an all thing. So I get home and my son Peter, who's on his gap year, um, is selling shoes at Macy's in Florida with living with Dan's sister. And he calls, when a half an hour we get home, he says, is it true that mom got a DUI? And Dan's like, how do you know? And he goes, Clay Thompson sent a screenshot of the jail roster. <laughs> exactly, Sue, my word. Well, did you know that everyone at International Falls pretty much has an app on their phone with the jail roster that they look at every day, like an activity? They do. Because when I went to the hair salon, the girls at AMP, they're like, oh, Debbie, look, it's on the phone. We couldn't believe it when you were in the, you know, in the cow shop. But um, we all thought, Oh, that Debbie Griffith, she probably just had two glasses, you know, an extra glass of wine. It wasn't like, oh, finally they caught her at the Muni, you know. So, so you know, but it just went out like that. I mean, the, the girls' hockey team, they got, they got it first. They flashed it everywhere. It was all over. It was like, I mean, for that February, I not only took DUI of the month, I was cellmate of the year 2017 for International Falls. I mean, let's, we have a banner by Smoky Bear Park when it's cancer awareness or, you know, a relay walk. I felt like DUI Debbie should be out there because I have this radio feature that's on like 100 stations, pretty much all of Christian radio stations in Minnesota. So I'm kind of known in that department. It's called Everyday Matters. I travel and speak a lot at camps in the Midwest. Um, I have four sons, my husband's a lawyer, and I substitute teach at the high school. So it's just like everybody, plus my personality, right? And I do like orange on a regular basis, despite the jail time. So I mean, it's just, I'm out there, and people know me. And, and so this was a big thing for them. But what I found was 
rather than just like, oh, I'm going to be in so much shame from this, because that's what you feel first. But then you think about the difference between shame and guilt. And I really think this applies, that guilt says you've done something wrong, and I had done something wrong. And shame says you are something wrong. And there's nothing, there's, we're all sinners. We all have this depravity and yuckiness in us. But by the grace of God, what he's done for us, it's erased and we're wiped clean. I, I like in Acts 3.19 where it says, um, in the Amplified Bible, it says that um, come to return, um, change your mind, purpose, turn around, turn back to God, that your sins may be forgiven, wiped out, blotted clean, erased, that times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of heat, reviving with fresh air, that's all amplified, but may come from the presence of the Lord. And in that presence of God that's already in my life, despite my yucky and my bad, that, that he could use that and he could redeem it. And, and so I, I, didn't, I had this embarrassment, but it was different than shame it was a guilt, and I owned it right away. So I put out, because you know my popularity, I put out a statement on Facebook right away that just said, hey guys, I hear you, love your concern and, and encouragement, just to like, I know everybody knows, you know. But then I started getting all these, these private messages of encouragement and, and, and just love. And then I entered a st contest for a story because then I, then I did the hard thing, called all the family and all the close friends, some people in the ministry. I had worked for three summers as a managing artistic director for a theater company in the Fargo area. So I called the board president. I just wanted to just not have anybody find out that had been insignificant in my life or people I'd really worked with and shared my heart with that they would know that Debbie is Debbie and she, by the grace of God, is still here and God is going to use this, but it still stinks. And so I, I owned it and I wrote a story about it because there was a contest, a Christian writing contest. And so I titled the story Orange is the New Blessing, nonfiction piece, and it won. I know. And I just, so I got to go to this writing conference and meet with this editor. And so it was just like so amazing. And, and so then that story helped people because they were reading how I'm owning it. And, and, and I always say to the boys, you know, own your story, own your stuff so it doesn't own you. You know, so someone can twist in there. So even when I, three days after it happened, before I'd really written about it, I went to the school. I was substitute teaching that Friday. And I could have called in and said, you know, I just not working out. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, we understand. We'll get Janice, you know. Um, but they, I went in, and I remember this other teacher came to get me, and she got out of the car, and she hugged me, and I cried. And I remember just walking down the hall, and I was subbing in music. And on the chalkboard, some student had write, written, um, please be nice to the sub today. And it was just like, these were my kids. I, you know, being a sub isn't always perfect, but I just know, I've known these kids. I've subbed for so long and I would see them in the hallway and I made a point to say hi. And I just felt like there was this love, like, yes, there was a lot of gossip and a lot of talk. And I'm sure there were people, of course, that were like, ha ha, Debbie Griffith thinks she's all that and big of chips. Ha ha, she's down. You know, I, there's, there's those people, there's the haters, you know, haters get a hate, right? Shake it off, Taylor. Um, so I, um, so I, I get that, but for the most part, when I went down to Josie Tonanata, the, the, the school counselor, just to get something for Joey um, prepping for college, she said, you know, we're all behind you, Debbie. It could have been any one of us, the teachers, the staff. And so right away, I just felt this love because I was just honest and vulnerable. So one thing I really learned, not only is God a redeemer, but 
that we are able to serve others in our vulnerability, in our honesty. And that's what connects us more than anything, right? Not like, um, hey, look at how great everything's going for me. Don't you feel encouraged too that you can do great things? You're more like, uh, thank you, next. You know, you're, you're just, you just want that person to um, be honest and play and share some of their, their struggles or their vulnerabilities and their honesty because that, that kind of empathy, that's what empathy is. Sympathy is more like, I feel so bad. Yeah, you know, that here's a card. But I think empathy is coming, finding a place in you that's hurting or has been lost and saying, I'm sorry, you know, let me, let me just sit with you, let me cry. I don't even have words, but I just, I can sit with you, I can identify on some level. So that, that helped me in a new way. And you know, plus it gave me this incredible street cred that I didn't have before, you know, that even of wearing orange. And then the blessing, too, of, of things that came after that. I mean, I went to a counselor. I didn't have to do this because we d decided to challenge the case. So had I just done, like, I'm guilty, which I was, I could have just paid the fee and then moved straight on, right? But because we had the recorded phone call and you're supposed to have it private, we had where it wasn't really pulled out of the police. So Dan, Mr. Lawyer Man, who's smart, and he had won a case like this actually after my case that he had gotten this guy off with, even though the guy was guilty, and I won't say that I'm never not guilty, but the circumstances which, which led to how it happened were just a little sketch. But, so we challenged it, but it took so long to challenge it and the date would get changed. So for nine months, I walked everywhere, I rode my bike, I had to get rides, and it was just so laborious. But in that time, so many things happened that wouldn't have happened had I not my dad ended up being in ICU um, in Fargo, and that was 250 miles from me. So my son Joey had to drive me. And I think at that time, he's the one of the four boys that's really a comforter and a compassion. And I needed that. I needed to have that human person next to me when my dad was there rather than me driving. There's just so many little, Joey drove me to speaking events. I, I, I just connected differently in a different ways and had different opportunities. Plus going to see the counselor um, I'd seen more Christian counselors. Well, this was Sue the Sailing, um, the Cussing Sailor Counselor. Sue the Cussing Sailor Counselor is what I called her because she had this gravelly voice like this, and she'd be like, you know, Debbie, when I, you know, people can be difficult. And when you're, you're difficult people, sometimes you just got to say, take a flying F on a flying donut. <laughs> but she says the real word. <laughs> and I'm like... You know, I'm kind of just like, can counselors say the F-bomb? Like, is that, like, I could think patients could, but like, flying F on a rolling donut. And like, I don't even know what it means. You know, I'm just like trying to like process the F-bomb came out, but I'm just, take a flying F on a rolling donut. So I'm like, didn't really get it. I just, that whole, but the session was great. And I go back home to Dan, who, um, is just an amazing, first he's just an amazing husband. He really is, and he's an amazing dad. And But he grew up in a really broken home. Nicest place he lived was a trailer house. He was the only one of five. Just a shout out to cute husband Dan. Um, he, he went through school and law school, but the nicest place they lived was a trailer house. And so he grew up in an alcoholic situation too and some abusive stuff. And, and so when I came to Dan and I said, Dan, have you ever heard something flying F on a rolling donut? And he goes, 
Oh, yeah. I remember my mom saying that. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, and he's like, you know, we'll say something in just in jest and fun because of Dan, you know, trailer trash. She goes, those are my people. Those are my people. And so, um, but, you know, so this was a whole wide omni. Then to go to DUI class, you know, and we sit all around with the people. And, of course, Sue's leading it. We could have different ones, but, of course, she's, like, showing this will happen to your organs and going through all this stuff. And, but I just want to say, like, it's group. And I just want to have everyone's story. And she says, oh, Debbie, we don't have time for that. And I said, but can't we just go around the circle, Sue? There's only 15 of us. And if we just share a little bit why we're here today, I think it would help everybody. All right. And of course, it takes longer than that. Because as, as we go through each one, I'm like, OK, what was that like? What did you feel like? What were you wearing? You know, I mean, just. And, but it was so lovely because we, it, the class takes so long. It's an all-day class. And you watch these videos, and you, do, you, watch, you take the tests, assignments, and, and uh, worksheets. And then Sue goes and grades them. And, and basically, we all look at the test. And it somehow says you're in denial in some way. I'm pretty sure like everyone has some of that. And you're kind of like, but then you think if you, because when you're writing it, you're thinking, I'm just going to be so open. But then it still comes back like maybe you're in denial. And so everyone's looking at it, except Barb is the only one that shouts out, how do you know if we're in denial? And it's like, Barb, you just sold yourself, you know. Like, Barb, settle down. Like, just we're all just kind of look, taking it in. But so we watch these videos, and, um, and like, there's one that they're just so graphic because they're showing what happens if you drink and drive, you know. And I remember wanting to say this because I just thought it was funny, but it's not funny. But at the time, like, but it's so what you want to say it because they're just so awful. And you, these kids, and some of them make it, and they, they show these real-life stories, and the families agree to, like, take you the process. But and you, afterwards, you're done. And I just wanted to say to the group, I don't know if any of you, but I could use a drink, you know, because <laughs> like, that's how you feel, like, right? I mean, and I just think it would be so funny, but I don't know if Sue would have thought it was funny, you know. So I, but that group, and then at the end, it was just like, I said, everyone group hug, and everyone, like, we hugged, and I got numbers, and it, because I'm sure I was just this new, like, little orange butterfly that came in that was just different. And I, I am different anyway, but it just aside from that, I'm a different kind of speaker. I'm, you can't fit me in a box, and, and that's good because God, we can't fit God in a box, you know? So he makes us all unique and, and interesting and colorful in different ways. So, so those were blessings. And then the, the one thing, so this whole nine months, I'm not driving, and I have to get a summer job because usually subbing, I'm subbing, or I'm doing the theater. So I'm in my town. So what did I do? I mean, I'm still doing this. It's so, it can be so kind of embarrassing, but it's so crazy cool and, and on the level. On Mondays and Tuesdays, Debbie G, me, works at Barajas Mexican Bar and Grill. I am a server. I waitress chili rianos, um, tamales, enchilada yolandas, the Barajas Burrito Loco. Um, I know the whole menu very well. And I serve in a, in a restaurant. And... I do this two days a week, and I have continued on. And, and it's crazy, but I decided not to go back to subbing then in the fall because I really like the hours better, and I like that two days were planned for me rather than you know the random subbing. But all the characters you've met in server country, it's so crazy. They're so colorful, and there can be so many things. And you know, I'm thinking when I'm scraping beans and rice at the end of the day, but I'm also thinking, of all the different relationships I've made, and we do, um, we call them, 
it's, it's optional, tequila is optional, but they're called Drunk Walk Tuesdays. And that means that you take a walk and Dan will join us and we take these walks. And But then I started doing like kind of like mini Bible studies because we'll do like from Ginger showing me um, Nike training, we'll do the 10 minute core right in the restaurant. Like it's for some of the girls because we started doing the exercising together, you know, after it got too cold. And then I started doing like Romans 8.28, memorization. And just talking in general and and bringing in God in a very real way. And, and the language there can be really, and their stories are harsh, but here I am. And I think of like going in and seeing Chris the dishwasher and, and how um, every time I see him and he's wearing a garbage bag and he's not, he's, he's totally clear from using meth, but his teeth are all rotted from it. And he wears a garbage bag for washing the dishes. And, you know, he's just kind of like this and he's doing it like this. And, but every single day I started doing this since I worked there and I say, Chris, yeah, Debbie, I appreciate you. Oh, thanks, Debbie. I, that's nice to say, you know, I appreciate you too. And we have this thing every single day. Sometimes I do it twice in a night, but one day I said to him, Chris, what, what, there might be a time where I'm not here. And do you, can you imagine not hearing that you're appreciated? He goes, I don't know, Debbie. And I said, don't worry. I'll always come back and make sure that you know you're appreciated. So what I share with that, why, you know, sharing all this stuff, all this blessings, that's my story. But what I came to realize in sharing it with others is that sometimes we think serving others and um, loving others is about being the speaker girl or being on the radio or being in the ministry in the church or this amazing small group and now you are so amazing small group that you're going to write workbooks and you know sell books and all this but really serving is like when mother Teresa was asked how do you serve so many people um, and, and do it so effectively and her reply was I serve the person that God puts in front of me so I think of that in my life I serve the, the children that are at home and my husband and I don't always do it well, but then there's grace for that. And I serve the community in which I live in. And, and it, it, it's, it's in serving, the way, best way we serve is to be that vulnerable and, and to be that authentic. And then to share your testimony of how God is using you. Because when the blind man had received his sight, and, and the Pharisees are saying, come on, we know this man's a sinner. We know this man's a sinner. Tell us he's a sinner. And what did the blind man say? He said, whether he's a sinner, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. And, you know, and I just think that's so powerful. That was his testimony. He didn't have to have all this theology and all this doctrine to explain this and that, but he knew one thing. He was blind, but he could see. And I think that's my testimony. I, here I was, and here I am, and I'm going forward. And, and I, I love 2 Corinthians 2.14 when I think of, of, of spreading and sharing the gospel. And again, I tend to read, I don't know, the Amplified Bible, but you think it's harder because it's amplified. It amplifies some of the, maybe the Greek or the Hebrew or just you know, pronounces what the meaning is. But because it does that, I tend to remember it better. So 2 Corinthians 2.14, this is, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. So how many times are we complaining to God or lamenting to God, right? So thanks be to God who in Christ, through in Christ, always leads us in triumph. So we're, we're, he's led us in triumph through whatever we're going through as trophies of Christ's victory. So we're, you and I, we're trophies of, who, I'm a trophy. And he's like, here's Debbie. She's messed up, but by grace she's mine and here she is. So thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory. And through us, through all of us, with his grace, spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. 
Isn't that so cool? So then I say to the boys, you know how you apply this with other people, your kids, your husband, it's like, what kind of odor are you giving off today? What, what, what kind of smell? You know, what kind of offering are you going to give with the way you're conducting or the way your trials are? I got a text from a girl in the restaurant, and, you know, just she lives in the trailer court, and she's had some really hard stuff, and she's married, has two little kids, and she's like, how are you? Are you speaking? We're all proud of you here at the restaurant, you know? And it's just like, I just said, I love that you're reaching out. I haven't talked yet, you know? And it... And she's the one I'm really working with, like on Romans 8:28. And where I like where you remember the verse too. For me, I was talking to the boys about it, my kids, because it's giving authority, not just saying, you know, somewhere in that Bible over there, but you're actually saying it's here. You can actually go look at it. Like Sue maybe wrote 2 Corinthians 2:14, or maybe something else, what she had to do tomorrow. I don't know, but it, it gives you like you can actually look that up too. So I said, where is that God works all for the good to those who love him? How do you know that, Alyssa? Where is it? And she knew, Romans 8, 28. How does she remember it? Because 8 o'clock is when Debbie should be, have, be at school as a sub, but she usually came at 28 after when the bell had already rung. And that's how she still remembers it. You know, so however you choose to remember, I connect it to like situations like that. But I think it, that that is beautiful. So spread God wherever you're at. So I, starting with the Wizard of Oz, not using your brain and in, in when you have pain, but God's grace. Because the scarecrow even says, perhaps I deserve you and be worthy of you. And God's saying, no matter what you do, you are worthy of my grace and my love. And nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. So at the end of the movie, Glenda says to Dorothy, well, Dorothy, what have you learned? Well, I guess it wasn't enough just to want to see Uncle Henry not DM. And it's if I ever go looking for my heart's desire, I'll look no further than in my own backyard. Because if it isn't there, then I never really lost it to begin with. Is that right? That's right. Now this magic slippers will take you home in two seconds. Toto too? Toto too. So I have the red shoes on, right? <laughs> but this is such a fun part of the story that you will so love, because I love it so much, and I just know that we'll love it together. Um, when I'm leaving the jail on February 28, 2017, for whatever reason, I say to Sherry, do you think that I could keep the orange socks? And she says, no one has ever asked that before. <laughs> but I think I don't see why not. So, I have the orange socks as a blessing reminder of my time in jail. And when Dan, because, you know, we're friends with her, Dan told the judge that, you know, or the judge found out, everyone found out what Debbie Griffith did, of course, and that she kept the socks. And, and he said, did Debbie really keep those socks? And he said, she did. He goes, that is a good idea. I think I might have all the inmates take the socks home as a reminder. Praise the Lord. So I, I thank God for the blessing. That's orange is the new blessing, the blessing in the mess. Nothing is wasted. And he will use you and your transparency and your vulnerability to be that fragrant offering for others. Thank you so much for coming.